And my mother said, uh, tell me why you hate her. And I said, because she's all, always trying to make me read when I can't read. And I don't like the way she, her ringlets bounce and all that. So my, my mother took out a sheet of paper and with a pencil, she put a black dot in the middle of it. And she said, what do you see here? Tell me. And I thought, I'm going to pass this test. And I said, I see a black dot. And she said, that's the problem you're having with indigent Kennedy because all this white is around here and you're ignoring it and you're just zeroing in the, on the black dot because she makes you feel so badly about yourself. And so she said, I want you to go back to school tomorrow and I want you to find something good about Edna Jane Kennedy. And I didn't want to do that. And I said, no, but I did. So I started looking that next day and I realized Edna Jean was very intelligent. And I just loved intelligent people, even though I couldn't read. And so uh, we became close friends. And when my mother died, Edna Jean Kennedy was at her funeral. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today with us, we have a wonderful human being that for 58 years has been dedicated to education in Houston. And she's been doing some pretty amazing things in her um, high school, the high school that she ran for 17 years. And she has been the recipient of a $10 million grant through Super School Project from Lorreen Powell Jobs, the wife of late Apple CEO Steve Jobs. Her name is Bertie Simmons, and now at age 86, she launched Whispers of Hope, the story of my life. And it, there was a pretty interesting thing that happened that never happened before. And I'm really grateful that um, Bertie agreed to do this again because the first time that we, uh, that we did this, I forgot to record. And I'm really grateful for her that she wanted to do this again. Bertie, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast. Thank you. And I'm actually glad I'm getting to do it again because I like you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I I really appreciate it. And um, I guess things happen for a reason. Somehow we will see um, what that reason is. And you, you've shared the first time that we did uh, that we did this, some amazing stories and I'm, really looking forward to to hearing them again because it, they were so inspiring and I'm sure that our listeners would love to hear them. So let us know a little bit more about you. Well, I grew up in um, North Louisiana. I was born during, during the Depression and my family was very poor. Uh, it was also during the Jim Crow era uh, and and it was it was also the Bible Belt, which seemed to me always to be a contradiction, uh, because uh, of the way uh, black people were treated. 
and I had a friend at that time who was when I was 15 who was black and I saw some terrible things happen to her family actually because of me because um, she and I had gone into town we we had gathered scrap iron uh, to help win the war and we each sold it we sold it in each of us got four quarters and we thought we were rich because we had been we were so poor and she and I went into town to get ice cream and uh, when we got there I was going in the front and Dorothy pulled back pulled her hand from me and she said I can't go in there and I said why and she said because I'm, I'm colored and I said you're colored and so I, I made a huge mistake because I said and I'm going to my colored friend to the back and I should not have done that because awful things then began to happen to Dorothy and her family because of what I did. And so at the age of 15, um, I decided that I was going to devote the remainder of my life to making the world a better place for all people and to stop having people be treated the way I had seen her family treated. So that made a huge difference. And I fought all my life now for social justice as a result of my experience with, at 15 with my, do uh, my friend, Dorothy. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And uh, when we think about experiences that we had that really made a difference in our life and that took us on a specific path, this is... This is beautiful that you that you've managed to gather your inner resources and um, be the change and work for the change in the world so that these kinds of things won't happen to to other people. I think it's this is beautiful. And um, I also wanted to ask you, what is gratitude for you? Like, what is your definition of gratitude? Gratitude to me is uh, feeling joyful, being filled with love, uh, and ex uh, expressing that by helping other people to feel the same joyfulness and love that I feel and to do it at the moment of, of when I'm with them. Because uh, it's important not just, just for me to feel that, that joyfulness and love but that I share it with others so that they could have the same experience. <laughs> That's beautiful. It even more so take into, into consideration what you managed to do in, uh, in the high school that you ran. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had been retired five years and uh, I got a call from the, the superintendent saying, we want you to go to this throwaway school, is what it was called, uh, to be the principal. And uh, I knew that school because it had been in a paper a lot, and it was, it was filled with gangs. It was really gang-infested, and it was known for violence. Um, and it, the state had lab labeled it uh, a, drop, a dropout factory, and it was known as a direct path from high school to prison other students there and so I said no I don't want to go and so they called me the second time they said we want you to go and 
So the third time they called me, I had just lost a granddaughter, Ashley Finley. She was 16 years old and she died in a skiing accident. And Ashley and I were very, very close. She was my first grandchild. And she had always said to me, Nala, tell me the Dorothy story. And when I would tell her about my black friend, she would say, Nana, I'm going to grow up and make the world a better place for all people. And of course she couldn't because she, she died. And so I thought I will go to that school, even though I don't know what I'm doing, but I will go and I'll try to make the world a better place to leave a legacy for my granddaughter, Ashley Finley. <laughs> so I went. That's amazing. That's amazing. And the things that you were able to do there are just wow. And I'm, I'm really honored that you, that you are here with us and that you're sharing this story with us because it's like, like you said, it's a great way for us to, to get more hope in our life and to understand that there is hope. And, um, I would really appreciate it if you would share with us how you managed to turn things around there because there wasn't much hope when you when you got there. Actually there was there was nothing but violence and uh and I am a hope hope whisperer because I've always had hope since a very early age. And one day I, I came on campus and there had been a, a riot and everybody in the school was involved in it and ambulances were were taking police officers and and students away to the hospital and so i just was uh, perplexed i didn't have any notion what to do well when i entered that school and when i got there uh, i found out our, our district required that you send gang members to an alternative school just to get them off campus But I didn't believe in that because I never saw that it made any difference in their behavior. All it did was get them out away from us, but I never saw them. They would usually come back in worse condition. So I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to send them away. So my assistant principal said, you will surely be fired. And I said, maybe that would be a blessing at that time. And I said, I'm not sending them. And then another rule was, that you never ever bring warring gangs together. And at that time we had 17 different gangs on the campus, but I brought them all together into a room to talk to them. And my assistant principal said, you'll probably be gone soon because they're gonna fire you because that's two rules you broke. And I said, I can't help that. They broke a rule when they asked this old woman to come out of retirement, to come to this school. (laughs) So I have to to do what I think is right for these kids. And I got them in there and at first they wouldn't talk, they were just mean mugging. And I didn't know how to mean mug them back, but they were mean mugging each other and mean mugging me. Uh, But I just, and finally, I, I just got them to talking. And I learned that they didn't think 9-11, this was right after 9-11. And they said they didn't think that happened. And I said, what? I know it happened. And one kid said, miss, if you believe that, you're dumber than we are. And so I said, I didn't know what to do with it. Finally, I said, 
what if I took you to ground zero to see it happen? Would that make you believe in the system and believe in me more? And there was dead silence. Finally, kids said, Miss, will you drive them? Drive us? And I said, no, I can't drive you. I'm an old woman and you're a bunch of thugs. And for some reason, me calling them thugs made them, I don't know, maybe it's because an old white woman calling them thugs. They started laughing and then they started talking with me. And um, so of course the district told me they would not support me in doing that. And I couldn't get any money. Um, and I wondered how I was gonna get the money because that was in August and I was gonna take them the following June. And so the teacher said I was re rewarding the wrong behavior, that I should be rewarding the smart kids. And I thought, I'll bet some of these gangsters are, are smart kids. But anyway, I, took, I decided to take the National Honor Society. Now, you know, that's a lot of money to take that many people to New York. And I didn't have that money. But fortunately, I was working with some consultants. And one was happened to be the mother of John Stewart on Comedy Central. And I, somehow they all heard what I was trying to do. And I started getting money from everywhere. And I got enough money to take all those kids, including the National Art Society, to New York. And it, it completely changed. They, they signed a contract. There would be no gang fights that year. Uh, and so I took gangsters. Uh, I think there were 32 of them. And then uh, I took nine members of the National Honor Society. But none of the teachers would help me as chaperone. They said, we're going to stay here and watch you have gang fights in New York City. And But I got my friends and my relatives, my daughter and granddaughter. And we took those suckers to New York City. And we didn't have any trouble. I even took them to a Broadway play. 42nd Street. And when I was going, the kids, Hispanic said, Miss, is this going to be mariachi? And I said, no. And the black said, is it going to be hip hop? And I said, no. So they really want to go. But then they, when I asked me, they asked me if I'd take them back second night once they'd been there. But a, a funny thing happened. I walked in that little chapel there, uh, Grand Zero, and I, I saw them all kneeling at, at the front. And so they came up to me and one of the kids said, Miss, I bet you didn't know that we prayed. And so I said, oh, I'm sure you're praying for someone who lost family or friends here in, New, in Ground Zero. And this kid said, no, Miss, we're praying that that plane won't crash on the way back to Houston because they were scared to death uh, of flying. They'd never flown. Most of them had never been out their neighborhoods. And I just fell in love with them more because they were showing a vulnerability, even though they were covered in tattoos and, and trying to be tough. I even became a gangster because I just fell in love with them. And I, I understood their culture better. So that made all the difference in the world because we never had gang fights after that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think this... This has a really beautiful root that um, that you had, like the the education that you had from your mom uh, about this. And 
I would really appreciate it if you would tell us the story of the black dot and of course all of it like not just about the black dot but um your situation in school before uh, that lesson from your mom spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping cooking and cleaning up after each meal stress-free eating is just one click away this spring factors delicious meals range from calorie smart keto protein plus to vegan and veggie and they're ready in just two minutes Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Well, I, when I was a younger kid, uh, my mother made me think I could do anything. We were extraordinarily poor. And I thought I was so bright until I went to school and I was in first grade and I couldn't read. And I, I was just I, I really, I, went, I didn't know what to do. And we had round robin reading. And the first kid in the row would read a paragraph and then the next kid. And the closer it got to me, the time for me to read, I, my heart was just pounding and I was sweating and I put my head on my desk because I knew I didn't know one word on that uh, page. And, and the teacher would always say, Edna Jean, go show Bertie how to read. And so Edna Jean came with her little clickety-clack, fat leather shoes, and uh, her, she had ringlets, and they were just bouncing, and I can still see her skirt bouncing. And she would come over and tell me to read. And I, I couldn't read. And so... I would just put my head on her little patent leather shoes with, with lace-topped uh, socks, and I just hated I wanted to go home. And Edna Jean would say, read, and, and then finally she would read it for me, and then she would clippity-clack back to her seat. And so I went, one day I, I went home, and I said to my mother, I want to drop out of school. I was in first grade, and I said, because I hate Edna, Edna Jean Kennedy. And my mother said, uh, tell me why you hate her. And I said, because she's always trying to make me read when I can't read. And I don't like the way she, her ringlets bounce and all that. So my, my mother took out a sheet of paper and with a pencil, she put a black dot in the middle of it. And she said, what do you see here? Tell me. And I thought, I'm going to pass this test. And I said, I see a black dot. And she said, that's the problem you're having with Edna Jean Kennedy because all this white is around here and you're ignoring it and you're just zeroing in the, on the black dot because she makes you feel so badly about yourself. And so she said, I want you to go back to school tomorrow and I want you to find something good about Edna Jane Kennedy. And I didn't want to do that. And I said, no, but I did. 
So I started looking that next day and I realized Edna Jean was very intelligent. And I just loved intelligent people, even though I couldn't read. And so uh, we became close friends. And when my mother died, Edna Jean Kennedy was at her funeral. But uh, that taught me a lesson because when I went back home and I told my mother that I, I saw some good her in her, she said, what I want you to spend the rest of your life doing is looking beyond that black dot. You'd look for good in people, not for what makes you feel bad or something that you find that's wrong with them. Capitalize on what's good. So focus on all the white around the black dot instead of focusing on the black dot. So I have spent my life uh, looking beyond the dot in people. This is such an amazing story, and even hearing it once again, it still so impactful and I'm sure that our listeners feel the same way and the fact that such a simple idea can have such a, a, a big impact in in someone's life and in other people's lives because I, I believe that from that simple idea that stuck with you the lives of so many people were um, positively influenced, isn't it? Well, I know that that happened. Uh, yes, I've tried to do that with everybody. And I think that's one of the things helped me with the gangsters. Because number one, what I found once I went there, I thought that because I'm white and old, they don't want me here. But what I found was the Hispanics and Blacks really love their grandmothers. So they sort of saw me as a grandmother. And I kept looking beyond the dots in what was what they were doing wrong that made the teachers dislike them. And so we, we all became intimate friends, close friends. And, and I think all of it went back to that day when my mother told me, I want you to quit zeroing in on the black dot, look beyond that for good in people. And that, that just stayed with me and it's worked. And what I found with the gangsters was that uh, when you show respect and love, it's reciprocal, you get it back from them. And so that's, that, that's what caused us to have a wonderful relationship, not only with the students, but with the parents of, as well in that school. Yeah, and I know that you have a really different perspective on um, positive reinforcement versus punishment and um, what actually worked in your school? Well, I, I most people, uh, we were required to, to suspend the kids or to expel them if could, we could. To me, punishment has never worked. My mother didn't punish me. She used something to teach me. Uh, and so we didn't have uh, suspensions or expulsions. We had what we called restorative discipline. And we had a room where we had a mediator. So if there was a trouble be uh, between kids or among kids or with teachers and students or with parents, they could all go there and work with a mediator. And the point of it all was to restore relationships. And we had uh, 16 habits of mind 
that help people be successful in life. And before they left that thinkery, they had to choose a habit of mind that they were going to work on uh, to make, to restore the relationships that they had, rather to continue uh, to fight or to be angry. And that worked just beautifully at that school with, with the kids and with the parents. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing what one person with um, with a good heart and with the ability to to see beyond that black dot can do, and um, how much impact that can have in in people. It's it's beautiful to see that we are able to to do this, and I'm sure that all of our listeners will be thinking about those small things that they can do um, to see the whole picture and not just the black dot. I think it's it's something very powerful that we can all think about at, at the end of, um, of this interview. And um, since we are nearing the end, I also wanted to ask you, who are some people in your life that you're grateful for? I was uh, really grateful for my mother because she... She taught me such simple things that just made me grateful uh, and helped me to spread uh, gratefulness and help other people to be grateful. She taught me all of those things, and she taught it in such a simplistic way. And then I had a teacher named Mrs. Ewan who saw something good in me that I'd not been able to see in myself, and it was because of her that I went to college. And because I had to run away from home to go to college. And uh, that's helped me to be who I am today. My, of course, my family. I have a very good friend, Sharon Kuntz, has always been there egging me on with my craziness because I've always thought outside the box. And I've done behaved in ways that uh, was not always what everybody else did. I always have done what I thought was right to help the other individual and to bring joy into their life. And so I have a lot of people that help me to be grateful and I'm grateful for them. I'm, I'm grateful for you as well, because it, it, it makes me feel so good knowing that there are people like you in the world that have done this with their life, that have put themselves in the service of others and have, have had the courage to to be different and to, to do things differently and to get different results that are very necessary and sometimes don't happen just because there there are that that there aren't other people um that have the kind of courage that it's necessary for these kinds of changes to take place. So that's that's pretty amazing. I I agree because and I think that that's what has given me the will and the courage uh, and the hope uh, that we can change and make the world a better place for all people. And that's why I'm still fighting for social justice. And uh, right now I'm finding that a lot of my hope is in the young people because I see that their eyes have been opened uh, in a way that I've never seen before. So I think if we keep working at it, that, and I, I love what you're doing with gratitude because I, I've talked to a lot of people, but not about gratitude. <laughs> and that's where it is all from. 
that's where it comes. That's what's going to make the difference. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And I know that you have a beautiful quote to share with us about gratitude that um, connects gratitude and, and hope beautifully. Yes. And uh, I'd like to go to my web page. It's birdiesimmons.com. And uh, the, the book can be Whispers of Hope, the story of my life. I've always been a hope whisperer. And it, all of that is in the book. And you can get that at Barnes and Nobles. You can also get it on Amazon. And I think you might like it because since you're talking about gratitude, I've spent my whole life uh, being grateful, feeling gratitude and sharing it with others. So, and I would like, I live in Houston, Texas now. And so I'd love to connect with other people who, who believe in gratitude and who practice it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um, you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. And um, if you would like to, to end with uh, the quote that you um, mentioned the first time that, uh, that we did this, I think it's, it's beautiful. Well, my favorite quote, uh, was, it's anonymous, I don't know who wrote it, but it says, Today I choose to live with gratitude for the love that fills my heart, the peace that rests within my spirit, and the voice of hope that says all things are possible. Wonderful. This is a beautiful idea to, to end this interview with. All things are possible. And I'm very happy that you are an example of that. And your story is an example of that. And I think it's, it's really beautiful, the fact that you are a, a living example. And we are all inspired by you. And I'm sure that you will inspire many as well. And thank you. You inspire me. So thank you very much <laughs> for having me on your program. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundance course. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundance course to join me now.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundancecourse. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundancecourse to join me now.